live stream. I like this. I like this. Yeah, we, okay. we're almost live. Almost live. Almost live. Huh? Okay, uh, that's it now. We live now. So, okay, perfect. We live now. We're live now. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. I'm so excited about something a long time coming, a long time coming. Um, I'll start really uh, thanking people who are here live with us on Facebook. Make sure that before we start, uh, this is live and we, uh, we really want to do it live because it's so important. Uh, we could do it pre-recorded, but we do it live. I'm here with my uh, good brother. It's, it's beyond friendship now, it's my brother that I call, um, I mean, his name is Oral Stater, but I call him personally Bill Gates because I believe he's uh, so smart when it comes to technology. He showed me so many things in more than 16, 17 years I've been knowing him about technology, the importance of network or system and building a network in houses and in, in different companies as a powerful DJ, excellent speaker, Great husband, great dad, great brother, powerful man of God. I mean, with this go on and on. And I'm just not saying it to saying it, but when it comes to um, my book that we're going to talk about today, uh, before you come to America, there's nobody else in North America in the English speaking world who can uh, ask me uh, the proper question. Because like, since I met him, we talk about it. We talk really about what's going on and and how we're going to do it. And, you know, the fact that we are here together today, this is a testimony of so many things. And, you know, we, we're so, so, so happy to be here tonight. So I will um, let him uh, direct the interview. Um, so Bill Gates, a.k.a. Oral Stiller, or Oral Stiller, a.k.a. Bill Gates, you know, the floor is yours. And I, I feel like I'm supposed to be introducing you like that. <laughs> Mr. International DJ Darcy B. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. I mean, you, uh, Mr. President for how many years now? It's like 16, 17. No, no. Yeah, let's count them. You know, um, and, and I always put this disclaimer out, you know, uh, first of all, you know, I, I, I speak about, um, I often talked about the, uh, the wolf pack. And, um, you know, I, I think I told you that I mentioned like my wolf pack and I said, you're one of, you're one of those guys that in my wolf pack and like, this, this is, this is the guy that I would say, sometimes when people say, man, you have no fear. You just go on this, you do that. And I say, you know what? There's this guy. Sometimes I don't want to do it. I do it for fear that he may call me and like, Hey, Gates, what are you doing? What's going on? You know? So I'm, I'm going to start like, okay, you, you already know I go off the script. I don't, I don't have a script. I ask that orthodox question that they say per se, whatever. And, um, your book, it just set off so many things inside of me. And I said, Hey, you know, and this came about because for years we've been saying, Hey, we, we need to have like a, a real interview I, I said man i don't need anybody uptight anybody too spiritual too churchy whatever we need to get to, to the straight to the point and and you know i believe if, if the truth is in you you just can't lie 
you know? So I'm going to start off with this. First of all, not even who are you, who do you think you are? Oh, what, what's, what's the question you're asking? The first question, before I start anything, who do mm. you are? When elevator, I don't know who you are. <laughs> you know? Like, so you want me to present myself? I mean, I am, um, well, I'm, um, I'm a true international human being who, uh, who just, I, I love to see people win. I love to see people win. And when I talk to someone, all I see in them is their potential. All I see in people is potential and I just want them to win and, and to, uh, for the whole world, literally, to know about who they are and what type of gift they have on the inside, utilizing uh, new technology and uh, internet. Yeah. I, I like that um, extremely broad but vague answer. Uh, I love it, man. You're, you're a very humble guy. So I wanted you to start with that first because um, the, in, in case anyone hasn't picked it up as yet, the accent spoke already. We, you have a very strong, clear accent. And um, automatically, the minute you speak, it's okay, this guy is definitely international, some way, somehow. And um, we're, we're in the age now of, social media people are taking pictures and videos and the cameras you know following them around and going here and going there and um but you literally when we say international you haven't only visited other countries you literally lived in other countries you have done business in other countries you have made several transactions in other countries you have not to get too much into the book but you've endured genuine hardship yeah in other countries you have um you know here in the u.s the people join the military and say yeah man i was over here and i was over here and it went there you at one point was actually part of uh, i believe the french military was it yes Okay, so, and that in itself is extremely, it's, it's kind of funny because at least myself, I don't think I'm the only person, but we normally don't hear, we're here like about, you know, Pakistani soldiers, Russian soldiers, we're about everything else. We don't hear about French military unless like it's in a movie or something like that. So you literally were in that. Yes. And, um. You know, and, and we'll get into it later on. I remember when I was like, okay, DJ Darcy be okay. You know, like, okay, I, you know, I'm sure you probably dabble. You know, that's my boy, man. Like, he's done a lot of stuff, but, you know, I mean, how much have you done? You know? <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, if you were DJ, what were you like, 13, 14? Did I? Yes. I get the book. He literally was 13, 14. And he literally was doing this internationally. You know? And I'm like, Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, um, be superhuman, you know, we can add that to your resume, but uh, phenomenal husband, phenomenal father, Thank you. Uh, extremely phenomenal, phenomenal, uh, brother. I know he has to be an outstanding son to be all of those things. Some people are, are successful in public 
and a failure in private. And I can speak for this brother, seeing him and his beautiful wife and his children. He definitely is what you see is what you get. You know, um, I kid you not. Honestly, God, I kid you not. Uh, you look at his backdrop. Literally, between him and and his family, you know, they have that many books. Okay, as far as when I say I don't mean own, I mean like as books to be published, <laughs> you know. So all of them haven't been published, but they're ready to go. You know, th this guy's like the Michael Jackson of authors. <laughs> you know, a lot of people. I I believe what was it he said he had a was it a hundred one hundred albums that hadn't been released, and I, I believe it was one hundred albums, and he only took. I think 10 songs off of each album, you know? Um, but the, so the whole purpose of this, this uh, interview is because this book, when I first came, like, and I, I called him up, I said, Hey man, um, I saw the book. I said, look, I'm going to buy it because I remember when we had the initial conversation. Yeah. Almost 20 years ago. Yes. The conversation came out and he said, man, I want to write a book about that. You know, that, that was the second thing you said. The first thing you said was, I'm going to take over the media. And I said, that sounds crazy. And Dr. Dollar said, find some crazy people and become their friend. And I said, you know something, we need to connect. <laughs> you know, you, you have somebody, this is that guy, you know, when he would say crazy, me like it's, it's abnormal. It should be normal for people in the kingdom. Um, business-minded people have this mindset and it's like, um, the example is, Hey, we should, we should, we should, uh, purchase a bus and we can run the bus through the neighborhood and, um, you know, we can charge people to ride a crazy person says, forget that let's purchase a couple of helicopters and bypass it all together. Like that's insane. But back then if you had you know imagine how many people said elon Musk was crazy yeah look at him now you know um so you know bill bill gates like his style you know you would say he's crazy like you know hey just send it out now we'll fix it while they have it like what you know steve jobs like no he's crazy let's wait until it's perfect no but guess what? Those two, while they were rivals, they were like the best of friends. Like they, they encourage each other. They challenge each other. Um, I shared before in previous interviews that when um, Steve Jobs ran into his issue with the original uh, company, Bill Gates was the one that actually made sure he got the parts <laughs> to build because at, at the end of the day, it was about building up each other, which you shared. Yes. Wanted to see people win. Yes. You know, um, you know, so the, um, your book. So we know for years, why did it take so long? Because you had, before you come to America, okay, you had enough, um, I would say you, you had enough experience. You had enough uh, clout. You you had hundreds of videos, uh, tens of thousands, probably the hundreds of thousands of views. 
you were like ahead of the game, you know, you, um, and you share these things in the story, but why wait so long to start the book when you could have done it like 10 years ago? Uh, I mean, the, the number one reason is like, first of all, now the book, the, the date, the original date for the book will be like 2003, 20 years ago. Mm. Why 2003 is like uh, what I was doing go back and forth between France and the uh, United States is doing that back and forth, that, that short period between 1999 and 2003, you know, when I met Danida in college. And then uh, after UNCG, and then I start working, and but then I have to do back and forth because of my, uh, you know, immigration status and stuff. When I was doing those back and forth, I said like, this is too much for somebody who was coming from another country to try to really integrate United States without a roadmap from the student status to a worker is so hard. Right. Everybody's talking about it. So at that moment, I said, you know what? I need to really talk about it. Mm -hmm. I really need to talk about it like, okay, w you know, what's going on? And then um, I said, you know, I need to write a book about before you come to America, everything that you need to know before you come to the United States. So it starts, you know, it was supposed to be like an immigration book. This is the type of paperwork that you need. This is what you need for a visa and stuff like that. But if it, if it was just that, all this information are already online. So I need to go just to the immigration, you know, website and read. So we like, we're nothing, no good deal. But I have to tell my story, what I've been through and what I was doing before I came mm -hmm. to the United States and what I was doing while I was there, here. So when I came here and I start, you know, uh, uh, you know, start looking for a job and then, you know, figure out and actually in um, talking to my spouse to change the name because my first company before, because I was in music, was French Flavor International. Oh. Because like my, my goal was to have uh, artists because I was the music. So, okay, the best thing for me to do if I cannot find a job is to create a job. So let, as a DJ, if I can be a DJ and make $1,000 a day, and then use that, that money to create a studio, then own a club and eventually own a radio station. Because <laughs> I know I know people in a continent of Africa and Europe, I can create a true global label. So I'm gonna call it French International. So you have a plan, lineup, and you know, uh, you know, so group of producers I knew from the West Indies and you know, all this kind of stuff was already like plan, okay, I can I can create a label label. I don't need to work no more. I, right. I can see the vision. You know, so that was the original thing. So let me finish with that project. And then when people are going to ask me why I'm doing this, but I'm going to drop my story. So I was like, you know, I'm going to drop the story later on. So let me continue the story in the United States. So the book will have more substance. And then, you know, a lot of things happen. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to release a book now, you know, later on. And I push it and I push it and I push it. And then... When the pandemic happened, I was like, you know what? I believe I, I need to drop the book now. Mm -hmm. But then I was still, you know, coaching people and I was still traveling even during the pandemic and got my, my vaccine to be able to travel. I was still doing tours, 
uh, when they um, let people travel, uh, you know, in 2021, I still went to Europe and did a, a solar conference in France. So I was like, you know, not now, let on. And then when um, 20, the end of 2022, when I announced again that I was going to, uh, in Paris to do another conference uh, in March 2023, at that moment, I said, you know what? This is after COVID, it's a new start. And I was about to do more English content. I said, okay, now it's time for me to reintroduce myself to the world. So I didn't want to explain, you know, mastery every time I meet someone. I said, I just need to put it in a book so they can understand what I'm doing because like most of the stuff I was doing um, was never, um, the way I was doing it, it, it was it was not um, in a way where uh, people can understand what I was like. I didn't have to. Ex I didn't have the time to explain to people why I was doing what I was doing. I said, "You need to catch it. You know, you need to catch it later on." I don't have time to explain now. Is execution mode. So I was on execution mode, and I said, "At some point, I'm going to start and tell the story to bring people understanding." I knew I could not be able to explain to people what I was doing. I was like, let me execute, let me execute, let me execute. And then at some point, I would decide to start, tell the story and start something new. This is why tonight is so important. And this is why it's the first episode of my uh, podcast, because I want people to understand why I'm doing it. You know, so the why, now you will understand my action. But you know, when you see my action, I was looking like an insane person, like what is doing all that? You know, who, who's going on a trip with 40 days in three continents with his wife, aunt, brother, and all his kids? Who's doing that? I mean, like not on vacation, you're going to do a conference every, every Saturday in four different countries and two different continents for 40 days outside the United States with everybody. So that was really at that moment when I done that, I said, okay, now I can tell the story because people need to understand why I'm doing this, what type of what process me and my spouse together, Danisa, to come together and to decide to do that. You know, and of course I talk about and we talk about my, my wife too. It's just that, you know, I was so blessed to find somebody so special who could really understand that type of crazy vision. So that's kind of a short answer. It was about the timing and I have to complete a certain things and train so many people in different countries then to come to a point where I, will, I, I was um, trying to show people you can build a global organization without showing your car, without showing jewelry, without counting money on the internet but you can really build a global, legit company and pack 69 nations. And now when I look at the number between myself and all my students, you know, in four years, reaching 15 million people on social media. When I combine the channel, everybody that I train, including myself, we, 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 I mean, we touch 15 million people with no physical office, just some virtual assistant, in some, some place of the world. And we did that between 2016 and 2019. We did that in three years. 
literally. So, so let let me um come in on that one there. <clears throat> because um and and I want people to understand when I say crazy, that, that doesn't mean like you you have a certifiable um mental issue, you need to be on drugs or whatever. Um it's it's sarcasm, but also kind of a truth to what people are used to. Um because as we can hear you're passionate about it. You know, you're not looking at a sheet of paper or something like that and trying to uh, I've seen people that, you know, they uh they go through an interview and they're like, Yeah, so um and this is what I did and we went over and it's like, no, no, no. It's the real deal. You know, when you said execute, 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 what I was hearing was grinding. A lot of rappers said, Man, I'm grinding, I'm grinding, I'm grinding. Okay. If you're doing all that grinding, you should see results. You should see movement. You know? Um, like on my lawn, I'm just now starting to get into lawn. It's into landscaping. You know, I always said, hey man, I'm from Brooklyn. Like, if we have a lawn that's the size of a welcome mat in front of your doorstep. We don't know anything about that. I don't care about it. And I'm just now starting to to uh I'm just now starting to get into the um Landscaping, right? I finally got it nice and beautiful and green, but I noticed I started coming out and I started seeing big clumps with like poop. And I'm like, what the heck was going on? And I'm checking my cameras. I'm going through all the hours footage. I don't see anything, you know, because initially I put my cameras out to check and see who bring your dog over. Can't find anything. Can't find anything. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Then I start seeing more. And like, you know, when I go finally, it's like, okay, I got to get down and clean it up. It wasn't poop. It was dirt. It was clumps of dirt. Wrong. And I kept finding more. So I'm like, what the heck? So I start fixing it back and I'm seeing more and more all over the place. And I spoke to a friend of mine and I think he said, oh, those are gophers. You know, they're working through the night. They're building tunnels. They're grinding underground. And as you said, just because we don't see you doesn't mean you're not working man the dirt no matter whether it's raining or whatever they're out there it, get, it gets torn down they build it back up they have a set plan that's going out mm. okay so it's a difference you know AT&T came out to work on my neighbor mm. I saw them on the camera pulled up big trucks lights everything like that came up and said what are you doing so oh well we had to run a line big old mess but I could see them but they're just working okay when you're talking about execute, 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 there's some performers, there's certain rap artists, certain R&B singers, and you're like, you know, I always said I'm, I'm a big Beyonce hater. I've been the biggest Beyonce hater since Destiny Child. You know, I'm like, I'm not only a member, I'm the president. As a DJ, I said I would never play her stuff. It was, if it wasn't for my um, my my son's girlfriend. I mean, she she was like this. Big beehive person. She would sit down and watch a whole documentary, whatever. And I said, wow, okay, she, I saw her work ethic. Like, she's a grinder. And I see why, I see why all these years when I said the rest of the world is, is wrong, incorrect, and I'm right, and she's going to fall, she will not fail. I don't care what you say about her. I don't care how you feel about her. She's a grinder. Even when the, you don't see her in the, in the TV screen, same thing with Jay-Z, whatever. It's not so much what they do in the spotlight, it's what they do behind the spotlight, which is why you keep seeing them going up and up and up. And a lot of these other artists who say, oh, I'm grinding, I'm grinding. 
You can't put out one song yet. You just like the sound of saying, oh, I'm going to the studio. You know, oh, I'm, you like how it sounds. You like to be seen. So when you keep saying execute, 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 like the, and this is decides to, I'm going to get, I want to lay the foundation for this part when it came to before you come to America, because clearly that statement had to come from somewhere, you know, because when I hear before you come to America, it's kind of like, don't think there's some things you should know before you get here. Exactly. And you were doing this through, 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 uh, job loss, car breakdown, you know, um, you know, believe in God to, to have children. At one point, you didn't think you could have children. You went from like, Lord, you know, we're going to have children to like having multiple children, yeah. you know, and, um, went through the pandemic during this time and housing crisis, all this is going on, but you were still going at it. You know, you said it's supposed to start in 2003, you know, but it wasn't until 2016 that it just, you were still doing a lot. Don't get me wrong. You were grinding, but you didn't put a spotlight on it. You didn't have a big truck on it. You were underground, you know? And so I want you to unpack two things. What made you say, hey, I think there's some things I need to put down before you come to America. What is it you personally experience that you can share? Because some people may be watching, you know, it's a reality, <laughs> you know, we want to be sensitive to that. But what are some personal things that made you hit and say, you know something, this is not what a lot of people think it is. And then to back up, you know, um, where, what was your, walk us through your daily mindset to make you be able to be that stable from 2003 to 2016, to sow the seed from there and say, every time something comes up, that's not my harvest, that's not my harvest, that's not my harvest. And now 2016, you're really seeing harvest. You know, I know I said a whole lot. No, no, that's fine, that's fine. Well, that's fine. I mean, you know, I mean, sir, uh, I believe that, um, first of all, is um, two things. In, uh, you know, I, I got, um, I propose to, I mean, I already knew my, I mean, two things is, is, is God and my wife. First of all, and then, of course, my family. So my mom, my two brothers, my sister, because, uh, and, and of course, all my wonderful, uh, friends, I, I always tell, I was talking to, uh, Mr. Baker was, you know, both, uh, our ment uh, mentor mm -hmm. and he reminded me that two weeks ago, I always tell people my wealth is my relationships. Your work I, is your, my relationships is not my money is not my investment is not, uh, you know, the, the wealth, my business, you know, intellectual property library was huge, is the connection. I believe that God put me, give me that high sense of discernment and I can, I can and pick good friends who now, they're all brothers now. I can hand pick them from the crowd and everybody that I consider being in my circle, they still in my circle. You know, like some people change circle every two years. 
you know, every two years they got a new group of people and, you know, they have to fire friends every two years and come and cry on social media. Do not trust anybody. People are hating you and stuff like that, you know. There is lots of language, like, you know, that they have that everybody is against them. But I believe, like, it comes down to you attract who you are. And I strongly believe that. So, to me, if you're, all, if you're always complaining about having fake friends, check what type of person you are. Why do you keep attracting those so-called fake friends? Or I don't like that term. Frenemies. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. Why are you still attracting that type of people? I think yeah. that's, that's toxic. I think it's toxic. You know, it's a friend of me, they're friends, but we're enemies. I think it's a toxic year. I think that's a personal thing that someone, um, they, they have some undealt with issues where they're attracted to people with drama to keep around. But, um, it's, it's just to plug in this, where you said to that, Damon John, the, uh, founder of FUBU. Yeah. His net worth is, I say about quarter billion dollars, you know? So over 250 million. You know, but quarter billion sounds much better. <laughs> um, but he was at a um, some kind of meeting with some kids, and kids were allowed to ask questions. And you know, everybody's asking the things. Hey, you know, what are your shirts like when you start your business? And one of the kids comes out. You know, what's your net worth? <laughs> little, little kid. You know, and it's like. You know, if I if if I were able to see the screen, I would look to see if it was one of your kids. But that that sounds like something. Your kids are really worldwide, you know. Um, your children, and uh, he said, "Well, he said I I think he said I, I own two chocolate fountains." They're like, "Wow!" He said, "I own three horses." Wow! But he said, he said my net worth. On my the relationships, my friends. He said, I have friends from all over that speak several different languages. I can call on, I can talk to anytime, you know, but it's just that connection. There's nothing like that, that friendship. I, I have certain I have certain people and, and you know, we know um some mutual that people will say, Man, oh my God, you know them, you know them. But our relationship is so tight because of the genuine friendship when the cameras aren't around or the lights aren't up or whatever the case may be you know um you know you and i when we see each other it's like we live next door to each other you know and, and i'm beaming with joy we genuinely want to see each other win you know you you cheer me on. you've been cheering me on way before and i think sometimes i used to ask you like what do you see <laughs> like what what's going on and and you challenge me, it's it's odd because you challenge me to be better, but not in a sense of like, hey man, you're a loser, but you know, you challenge me to be who you already see me to be. Yes. You know what I mean? It's uh you know, um I, I talk about rappers. I'm as much as I talk about rappers, I'm really not that big a rap fan, but I like I like principles and ethics to serve my things. And and one thing about um, you know, 50 Cent, people say, Man, you 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 cut your guys off and things like that. He's like, 
I'm taking care of them. I'm making sure they don't lack for nothing. He said, but I would expect what are they doing with what I'm giving them? You know, if you're just spending money off, you're not returning it. Yeah, I come and check up on you. You haven't invested anything. You haven't built up your craft. You haven't done anything like that. I would have cut you off. I did all this work. You know, it's it's the grind, and it doesn't stop. It's not just a it's not just a, a logo. The grind doesn't stop. It doesn't matter if you're making five dollars or five billion dollars, five trillion dollars in your case. You know, um, but like we, I was born in the states, and I remember I would um. You know, with a, I'm of Jamaican heritage. And I remember at times when I would go down to stay in Jamaica, like um, people genuinely really felt like up here the streets were paved with gold, literally. And then I met people from other nations and they thought the same as well. You know, um, I've met people from Africa, right? And the way they promoted Africa was just, it's like they promoted Africa so heavy, you would think everybody is born with an 800 number across their chest. You know, <laughs> like, so, oh, this guy has clothes on? Where the flies? You know, and they, 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 they have, they're wearing like, you know, beat up, torn up clothes, whatever. But people have come to Africa and said, you know, this is poverty. <laughs> this is not what I thought it was, you know? And, that kind of throws the head off. You know, you, sometimes I, I, I call you Prince Akeem, you know, from coming to America, because you literally have that story. <laughs> you literally have that story. And when I, when I, um, let's say write the book, when I listened to the book, because you released the audio first, which is also a part of your nature, because like, who, who does that? The audio always comes after, you know, you release the audio first. Um, but listening to it, I said, this guy is really Prince Hakeem. Like, so if you kind of dive into the moment that it hits you, said, okay, this right here, no, 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 no. I need to let people know before you come to America and some things you need to get straight. What what was that defining moment? I mean, the defining moment is, is like the conversation that I have with so many people. Uh, it's, it's like, you know, unfortunately, you cannot, you cannot talk about something you've never been exposed to. So when I learned, you know, like when you live your life, you think that indirectly everybody been exposed to what you've been exposed to. Mm. So after wake up moment, when I start, especially when I start coaching people that a lot of people didn't grow up the way I did, you know, and, and I remember I was talking with someone one day and, you know, people talk about traveling and stuff. And I was just sharing that, hey, but the first time I went to Barcelona was in 1984. What did you say, what? In 90 what? I said, yeah, the first time I went on vacation with my parents, I went to Barcelona in 1984. And so when you've been exposed to so much growing up, things become kind of normal. So what does it look like? Bar Barcelona. Yeah, Barcelona, Spain. Barcelona, Spain. Yes. And you were born where? In Paris, France. And you grew up where? In in Paris, France, and also in Gabon, Central right. Africa. But you're going on vacation to Barcelona, Spain. Yes, we with my own family. Okay, so that's not something that we're taught here in the U.S. Okay. Okay, so, you know, like, that's... See, you, you say it's so simple, 
you know, like you didn't have a record deal at this time. You weren't acting, you know, like this just, yeah. Like some people say, yeah, you know, I, I, I went to the mall. Yeah. So this is, this is your normal. Yes. Before you came to America. Yes. So I, 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 I wanted to start sharing some experience because like, you know, sometimes you're talking to people and you, you don't want to share some stories because you don't want to make people uncomfortable, you know? So people talk about certain story and, you know, you're just quiet because you don't want to start saying stuff that nobody else in the room can relate to. So, you know, and you just, you know, but then it starts coming like, well, people now, because you don't say anything, they start looking at you a certain way, like they, they're better. Yeah. Like they're better than you and stuff. I said, no, you're not better than me. We're just, we're just different. But nobody is better than anybody. We have different experience. Yeah. And I want you to see wealth in your own experience. No matter how you see it, I want you to see wealth in your experience. Because my experience to me was wealth, good and bad. But I don't, you know, it's not about doing it bigger than the other person. It's just like, it's not necessary for me to share some of the story because you're not going to be able to relate. So I'm just enjoying your story. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it became more like, that. okay, I need to tell more stuff so people can understand what I'm saying, what I'm saying, because like, if I don't say anything and then I start saying something, you're going to look at me like, what do you say? Or why do you even think like that? So you cannot understand why I'm saying it because you don't know my story. And if your story is only based on what the Africa you saw on TV, it means that between what I'm saying and what you think you know from Africa, you will never be able to relate to me then. So I have to take the time to say that, look, I know what you saw on TV, but let me talk about the other part of Africa you never heard before, you know? So like, for example, um, just, you know, for, for context, in my family, I have so many, so many uncles who are doctors, ambassadors. Like my, one of my uncles was ambassador of Gabon in Germany for 10 years. That's my uncle. I got another uncle who was uh, the president of the uh, United Nations from 2005, 2006 in New York City, who knows Hillary Clinton. You know what I'm saying? So like, so I don't talk about a movie or that's, that's family, you know? I have an uncle who was working for International Bank for 20 years, who, who was in New York City in 1980, with, um, what's his name? The, the guy who created Chase Bank. Like he was there when the, the dude who created Chase Bank gave his speech to retire. He was in the room with the director of the bank, of the biggest bank in Africa. So I talk about lots of people I talk to on a daily basis. That's not a long distance uncle. What's my uncle? So imagine the type of conversation that I'm hearing in my table growing up. That's the kind of, you know, like I'm, I have my, my one of my good um, brother, my cousin that you met on my birthday. His mm-hmm. mom was in diplomacy in Japan in the late seventies. You know what I'm saying? So like, I mean, his dad was in, uh, I mean, you know what I'm saying? So like, I don't talk about people I don't know. I talk about, that's family. You know what I'm saying? So that's the kind of stuff you hear. 
So now, when you come and, and uh, they hear the accent and they say the last name, and you say, oh, you know, um, first of all, Africa is not a country, it's a continent. That's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. So white man said, okay, I'm, I don't from Africa. I'm from Gabon, Central, Central West Africa. Oh, okay. Oh, no, what? You don't know what 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 does it mean? What does it mean? Oh, okay. You don't know. So in your mind, say, oh, I already know how some people think. Oh, you from Africa? Oh, Central Africa, Gabon. Oh, so you you happy to be here, don't you? You know what I'm saying? Like, like I can some some type of refugee refugee kind of system and stuff like that. And so, so many stories. I'm not offended when somebody thinks like that. But every time I cannot stop to tell my story. Hey, wait a minute, this is not what you think. I'm, you know, I don't have time to go every time. So I said like, let me drop a book. And in the book, when people are gonna listen to the story, they'll be educated to another part of Africa they've never heard before. So when we understand that what I'm doing, I'm not doing it because I read the Tony, Tony Robbins book. I'm doing it, I'm just doing what I saw my uncle and dad doing. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like so people used to ask me, like, hey, what type of book you wrote to do all, all that you did? No, it's not about what a book I read. It's what I've been exposed to when I was growing up. That I'm just replicate that because my dad was an international businessman. So I'm an international businessman. That's what I know. So I'm not, I don't try to copy nobody. I'm just doing what I saw my dad doing. You know, so it, it, it's, it's really, you know, it, it's, it's really um about it's really about that. You know what I'm saying? So what's what, what, what is about? So so with with that type of access, right? What do you attribute to you having such a humble mentality about it? Like not coming in like you have people who they'll get a thousand dollars for their birthday they're like oh yeah yeah i'm bossed up i'm bossed up. we out here we outside you know oh i'm gonna have this name brand and that name brand you know in the um and i'm i'm not gonna pull out too much from the book but there's one particular story that i have to address um you were talking about how your dad gave you a significant amount of money and said just go shopping like he was in some Kanye stuff, <laughs> you know, like go shopping in, in, in this other country where people would, would love to get like a hat and say, oh, I got this hat from this country, you know. When you've been exposed to such things in life, when you have, like I said, not friends or coworkers and, and, and I can, and I would say, you know, my kids say, dad, you know this person? I say, yeah, I know them. I say, you know, some people I know, they don't know me. Some people I know and they know me, but it's like, they're not, we, we don't, we hire by, you know? Yeah. There's something I can pick up the phone and call and we can talk. But those few, those very, and I could probably count on one hand that I could say, hey, I need you here tonight, you know? Or they call me and I come or whatever. You literally have family. Like, this is family. Like, and you know how it is when it comes to culture. The eldest, grandfather, uncle, mom, whoever said, hey, you know, I didn't see you at dinner on Sunday and we're gonna square this up. I don't want to hear anything about you not talking to each other. Like, it's family. That's it. How do you 
what you attribute to coming up in that environment and then coming here, because like I said, it really was a coming to America story because you had this strong accent, this young guy, you know, from Africa, whatever, even though it clearly is a French accent, those who aren't aware of it, I say, yeah, he's African. You know, I found out when I came to the South that um, every everyone is Jamaican or Puerto Rican. You know, so if you look any kind of Spanish slight accent, you're Puerto Rican. And if you have any kind of, if you're black and you have any kind of accent, you're Jamaican. That's what I found out. You know, and I'm like, it, it doesn't work like that. You know, but the, uh, so you come up and like I say, you have a French accent, but you look at, oh yeah, this guy, he's African. Your experience, it wasn't like there was roses thrown down or drivers, personal drivers or whatever. Like you literally went through some serious stuff. What do you attribute to not having an arrogant way about yourself saying, hey, I'm better than you. So even when people are looking down on you, out, what is it that made you not go that route to this announce to the world, you know, hey, I'm somebody of high importance and I have this family and you need to treat me better. You know, what what was going through your mind? What what was, you know, what what do you credit to being humble and just put it into work? I mean, it, it's is like, and I'm and I wanna describe the stuff humble, you know. And my wife, you know, is telling me that sometimes. If you don't really know me, even with, and you, and I start talking, if you don't really know me, you really think I'm arrogant on some of the stuff I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's for education. It's what my parents told me, my mom and my dad. And I was even talking to my mom today. She was just dropping so much wisdom. Uh, my dad used to tell me that when he was. 17 years old, he, uh, he has one of his uh, older brother on his mom's side who was working at the time and he didn't have any money. And his older brother used to give him money for lunch and different stuff. And he said like, son, never choose somebody according to their status, but choose somebody according to their character. Mm. So my dad never, you know, like there's some people who've been raised to Chase status. Oh, you doctor? Or can you be my friend? Or, you know, all my friends. So the people, there's people who are doing that on purpose, especially here. I hear that a lot in the United States. Hey, you know, I'm not, and you know, uh, if, if you have four friends who are broke, you're going to be the fifth one. But what don't broke really mean? Broke is not really somebody uh, who doesn't have any money. To me, a broke person is somebody who doesn't have character. Uh, a broke person is somebody who cannot keep his word. A broke person to me is somebody who talk about somebody behind their back. To me, that's what a, a broke person is. To me, somebody who's rich is somebody who stand, who stand on on a, on a good principle in life. Somebody who respect himself. To me, that person is rich. Right. A person who don't use certain language, you know, or profanity. For me, somebody this person is worthy. Somebody will do everything um, according to integrity to take care of his family. To me, that's, that person is wealthy. That person was willing to help somebody without, you know, publicizing all the help. To me, that's somebody who's wealthy. So I believe that when you find somebody who got a strong character, not perfect, all about perfection, 
I talk about the willingness, somebody who got a good heart for real, and who got enough dis discernment to not complain about somebody treating them wrong. That's very important. Yeah. Somebody gonna treat you wrong is part of life. There's nothing you can do about it. But it's your attitude towards the way that person acts that do not do not keep it, you know, do, do not take it personal. That person do you wrong, sometimes it's to your benefit. Sometimes you let you know that you cannot go to another level with that person. Doesn't mean that, that uh, that's that's a bad person. That person is bad for you. Mm. That person is bad for you. That person can be good with some other people who think that way. You know, there's some people with, with, with a similar background sometimes. They cool together because they got a similar background. So they, they stick together because they got similar background, value, and they are together. They are not bad people. They're good for the people who think like them. But they're bad for you because you don't think the same. So that's that strong sense of discernment that my dad gave it to me. So I can really say that I'm going to choose a person as my friend with money or without money. Because to me, wealth is relationship, not the amount of money that that person can give me. Because like, I'm just have to think like God. God, God don't think about money like that. Because money is one of the lowest form of it. God's thinking about, God got blessing on his mind. So if you want to bless people for real, and you know like you know what to do to get yours, nobody can do nothing to you. Nobody can steal nothing for you. Because like everything that you that you have is from God. So if you're taking something from me, you're not taking nothing from me because it's not mine, it's God's stuff. So then whatever you take, at the same instantly, God replaces it to me. So whatever thing that you think that you took from me, God gave it back to me at the second you think you took something away from me. So that's why it's hard for me to, to have some grudge, you know, against somebody. Sometimes it's more like compassion. Say, man, you know, whatever going on in their life, God fix it. Just bring joy. Because like, you cannot give what you don't have. When somebody is full of drama, that's what they have. What they have is drama. So they give it to you. If somebody talk about a lot of insecurity, is their own insecurity speaking. They cannot give what they don't have. So I give what God gave me, not what I have, what God gave me. And what God gave me is whoever was around me, I'm gonna do whatever in my position with wisdom to help them get bigger than who they are. And I learned that from my dad. So my dad told me that family member got into alcohol. alcohol. And that person lost his job. And that person was looking very bad and was smelling. My dad told me, I don't care where you are in town. When you see your uncle, you stop. You tell all your friends, this gentleman over there, this is your uncle. Man, I hope I'm not going to cry. <laughs> and this is your uncle. And I want you to go and give him a hug. If you have some money on him and he's walking, make sure he's not walking. You give him some money so he can go home. That same uncle 
before my dad die. I have a three bedroom, two bathroom, bed free house for his older brother. Yeah. So like, like it was his mission. He built bed free for him. No question asked, leaving the key. He said, brother, this is your house. That's the type of person my dad was. So you think that now, because I'm going to listen to some radio, somebody on the radio or whoever going to influence me, that I'm going to have that mindset where I see that I think about somebody hate me because like I don't answer their text in two minutes or something like that. You think that I will come down to their level to try to see, oh, that person, oh, he didn't call me today. Oh, he didn't, oh, this person, oh, this person is bad. Oh, he didn't come to my birthday. Oh, he didn't wish me birthday. My birthday is new already. Oh, that person hate on me. I don't have time to go back and forth with you because my dad already told me life is not about that. Life is not about that. So that's my dad told me. And at the same time, my dad, my dad was, was telling me he got this other friend who's got a lot of money, who's a businessman, and he treated him the same as he treated his brother who fell off. So when his brother fell off, my dad showed him mercy. Why? Because when my dad was a young man and he didn't have money, his older brother helped him. And I was thinking, not only he, he built a house for him, but his older, his, his um, older son, he gave his older son, I believe, $20,000 to start a business catch. No question asked, nothing. Because you just came and said, hey, uncle, I want to start a business. He said, really? How much you need? And the money, he gave it. He said, like, Darcy, I gave the money to your cousin because when I was young, I want people to remember that when I listen to, to, to this. When I was young, I had nothing for a short period of my time. His dad helped me. Now that I have it, I give it. 20 Gs, and we talk about the early 90s. So now, do you think like today, I will stop because somebody didn't text me back. Somebody didn't talk. Come on, I'm not doing that. So what kept me going and doing what I'm doing is what my parents gave me. That's the worth they gave me. That's the worth my dad gave me is how, not only how to treat people, more important than that, how to treat yourself. Yeah. I put myself first. I make sure I'm okay. I make sure that I, I, I do what is important for me so I can give my best to people. I learned that from my dad, Louis-Francois Ogandaga. Louis-Francois Akeneni Ogandaga, and his nickname was Ogo, that gave the name to my son. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. Okay, that that was it's it's amazing because I was literally going to ask you, um, what did you witness? Did did you witness what did you witness with your dad that made you think how you think? But you you literally went right into it, and in the beginning of the book, it was almost like you struggled not to take up too much of the book speaking about your dad. So you definitely can see the influence. You had um watching are you are with your children you know it, it it answers the question so i don't have to ask you hey did that impact you of course obviously it did you know you're making sense about it why you know the the um and and um this is and this is why i can't interview everybody because the reality is like i said you know i'm notorious i said hey why should we get your book what makes it so special you know and i <clears throat> It, it was about um, 
about almost four hours long, you know? I mean, two hours and three hours, three hours and some change, right? And I, I told you, I said, I really could have finished it the same day, but I kept having to stop and rewind. And like, wait, did he say what? What? Wait, what? And it's extremely, I, I would say it's, an, it's a definite investment, you know? Um, I, I shared with you, I said, I'd probably make it a limited edition and probably just not make it available. You know, um, I don't want to mess it up for anybody because, uh, but now when you're going through the prices, when, when you first started your, your course and you were charging like, like five and $10. And I remember that, you know, and you said, wait, I did jump it up. You know, the unpack the difference between the first time that your account got hit when when the people purchased it for ten dollars in comparison to when it was like you know 30 times that you know the first time like what what was that like i i want you to tell me like where were you do you remember where you were what you were doing what happened in that moment and where 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 your heart your mind was the first time the ten dollar one hit in comparison to the the much more expensive. It's it's a powerful question because you know the person, whatever person who bought the book, mm -hmm. make me realize how powerful the book was. You know the person. I'm gonna, I'm yeah, gonna give yeah. his name. Yeah, I'm gonna give his name because oh, he's active. You know, yeah, exactly. So what what happened was, um, I was talking to. I was helping somebody very important. I'm not going to say the name of a person, extremely uh, important uh, in the world. And um, I, I was talking to that person and um, I was pushing him to release the book because at the time, you know, and uh, we were recording, so we were recording the book. So the best way for, for us to finish a book, we have to record the book. And back then I was working. So he said, like, when can I, how are we going to record the book? I said, we're going to record it. I always remember it was on a, it was on a Thursday night. No, Wednesday night, because Thursday I have to go, go to work. We talk about 2007, you know. Yeah, answer questions before I ask them, man. You're, you're like, so you're on top of it. Yeah, yeah, but I have to, yeah. But I mean, you know, so he, he, uh, um, so I help him do the book. And so we record uh, the book. We're supposed to record between 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. But you know, stuff happened. We were in uh, somebody's house, some of his friends, you know, house. So we finally recorded the book all night until five o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, seven hours of recording, stuff like that. It was the best way for me to help him write the book, and we're going to have somebody type the book after that. So, no, 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 excuse me. It was on Tuesday. And he told me, he said, But that's, you pushed me too hard, man. He got mad, you know, because it was way older than me. He said, Darcy, you pushed me too hard, man. You asked me to write my book and stuff, to write my book and stuff. You know, if you're so rude about, you know, creating books, where is your book? And when he told me that, I said, oh, I see where is a problem. I'm telling people to do something I never done. And I said, you know what? Thank you so much. And uh, it was on Tuesday. I got so mad, I went home. And uh, I, I talked to my wife. I said, you know what? That person really make me mad today. He said, ask me what book. I tried to help him. He said, I cannot come out with a book. You know, matter of fact, I'm going to come out with a course tomorrow. 
<laughs> so listen, man, true story. So it was on Wednesday. I went uh, on a Wednesday night. I recorded my first course. It was how to sell and monetize uh, your book worldwide. It was my first course. It was audio. And back then, you know, I just get a, a, a picture of, of a globe and I recorded it was an MP3. I still have it somewhere. Uh, it was a 54 minutes of audio. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I went to uh, Pastor, Pastor Donald was doing the finance, finance, finance conference back then. It was 2007, February. And I always remember that. And when he was preaching, I heard a voice say, hey, Darcy, you know what? All you have to do is to create your own product. You know how to market online. Set it for $10. If you sell 10 products, it's $100 a day. If you can make $100 a day, it's $2,000 a month, Monday to Friday. And you sell 10 copies a day on, online, you can do it. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to work anymore. That's how I decided. I said, you know, I can, I can, I, because back then I was doing a crazy job and they were paying me $1,000. So I said, you know what? I'm not, I'm not working anymore. So I went home. It was a Wednesday night. I recorded it and I posted it online for $9.99. I said, somebody's going to pay, you know. So some people stopped, you know, buying it, buying it. Somebody from New York City, who used to work for Disney in New York, never met the guy. He said, sir, what's, what's your name? He said, I don't know who you are, man. But the information, man, I never heard something like that, man. I never heard something like that, man. He said, I said, who you are? He was a high executive at Disney uh, office in New York. Man, this speaking so good. He's so powerful. He's so great. The strategy, wow. I said, okay, thank you. He called me two, day, two days later. Man, listen again, man. This thing is so good. Hey, man, it's too cheap, man. It's too cheap. You should, you should sell it for at least $200. I said, $200? I said, okay. Well, you know, no, no big deal. Then somebody else bought it for $9. He didn't call. You know him. Mm -hmm. He said, brother, my life will never be the same again. Thank you so much. I said, no, no problem. He said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. You don't understand. There's something in me, man. My life is never going to be the same again. That book is so powerful, man. It's too cheap. Only $9. That's the best $9 I ever spent in my life. I said, okay. But Sam didn't call after that. Create his business. I, I, right now, I believe he got 30,000 subscribers. I talked to him last year. He said, man, Darcy, thank you again, man. We, you need to come in uh, Dominican Republic, man. We need to do something together, man. Man, that, that $9 I spent a long time ago, man. Now I believe in YouTube. You're talking about all this kind of stuff. It's good, man. And that guy now making multiple six figures. And yeah, multiple businesses, investments. So you know, we know about that guy, okay? Oh, yeah. So we quick. So now. But cross, you see, like when it starts, right? I make it better, so I create another version in the video and stuff like that. I never forget that. So I mean, Danilo, I'll be talking about something. I don't know, arguing about something very stupid. It's one o'clock. Maybe I let my sock somewhere else. Don't like it. <laughs> so I want something stupid, like oh, you know, the suits or whatever. Married stuff. And I said, like, you know, we are talking with her. We never forget that day. And then I hear a beep. And I knew that because back then, it means your PayPal notification. You know, I got that you know, from a long time. 
And I said, wait, 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 Danita, wait, 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 wait. Somebody broke the course. Woo, I don't know. And I look back then, my course, I was sending it for, uh, it was another type of course. It was like about video marketing. I sold that what course for $297. So I made $297 at one o'clock in the morning during the week. And I moved, bought it somebody from India. So I was, I was so scared. I didn't touch the money for two weeks. That that person, maybe they're in state, he's going to come and, and take the money back. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. No. And back then, I don't know if you, I believe you remember that. Some kind, some way, I was on the first page of one of the best business magazines in India. You remember that story? Back in 2010. Nobody said, hey, baby, yeah, yeah. Because I appeared online. I grew up my name, and I was on the first cover. I said, who? I mean, it was like early 2010. I said, man, I'm not very sure, but you I was feeling like, come me, you can't tell me nothing. I said, this is, this is over. People buy my stuff in India. And I'm going to be concerned about what people think about me, about me in College Park, Georgia, in Atlanta. And at that moment, I knew that my life will never be the same. If somebody I don't know by myself in India, and I don't know, somebody else doing something an article on me and put me on the front page on a magazine of a country, the second largest country in the world, without recording anybody. I said, no, it's over now. I mean, India. I, I remember you said, game over. I was, I was in the middle of something, and, and you know, we, we had the kind of relationship that, unless like we really absolutely cannot, if the phone call comes, we pick it up. And I remember like, game over, game over. And uh, in India, man, somebody bought my stuff in India, man, in 2010, in India. And I people with a phone cover of a magazine. At that moment, I was like, God, this is it. You know, I said, game over. I, I told Donita, I said like, you know, that's it. You know, it, it's, it's like, you know, regardless of what's going on, because like you, people have to think about it. My wife is super smart. My wife is super smart, and you have to think about it. Like, okay, she's from Kingston, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I was born in Paris, France. So, you know, sometimes, you know, I used to joke with her. So, like, you know what? We being really like a ballet, um, a biracial couple. She said, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, I, we both black, but our culture is so different. Say, Very. On the outside, we fit, but our culture is so different. And so I was so blessed to have a wife you know, we can, we have enough um, uh, wisdom in her to get with a guy who's working in a, in a little, you know, in a little, you know, a little job and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and doing and believe anyway. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what? On your vision, on you, you got it. This is why, this is why, this is why I believe that is um is so blessed because for somebody from where she's coming from and what she was already doing when I met her, you know, in college first, but then after when we got married, she was already teaching at university at the age twenty five years old. She was a university teacher, so we don't talk about just somebody that I could just yeah, she was words. yeah yeah you know. Hey, she, she just believed that. No, she was educated and she knew exactly um, 
I mean, so you're trying to understand a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, I called her sister soldier all the time because I remember she would uh she 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 had writings already. Um, you know, the and not to say like I not to say like I knew I grew up with her, but her spirit because I was very active into that, you know, doing writing and spoken word and um, you know, before Facebook and all that kind of stuff, like I would I was doing sit-ins, you know, and that protest and um you know, like, like I tell people, I was at the original Million Man March, you know, the original, you know, climb the statue and everything, you know, public enemy and stuff like that. You know, they didn't know them. We, we were all just on the same level. Everybody, there was no celebrities, you know, uh, I'll be recognized because, you know, Flavor Flav, he really looks like that at first, <laughs> but it's just like, like you can't forget him, but I was a big public enemy fan. So watch out. So it's it's a certain kind of person that's really about that part of the life. You really want to see that advancement of the people. And you can be somebody that's very difficult to, to deal with because you operate based off convictions. You know, with men, it's kind of easier for us. We might fuss and argue, but at the end of the day, we're men. And we already, you know, it's been a man's world for some time. So if... <clears throat> The misogynist, it's on your side, but also spiritually and everything like that, you know, men are supposed to lead. So you kind of have somewhat of an argument or footing. It's kind of like if you have a bunch of children and the oldest child automatically is going to be the one expected to be in charge, right? But when you have a woman who's like, hey, buddy, I've been managing myself for years. You know, I've been doing this, this, that, the third without someone. And then, you know, um, I'm not going to get into that story, but just you know, loss of family and people in her life and stuff. So for you to come along and you're like a take off, you know, she's over here like, yeah, you, I need to get a car. You're like, man, we, we need to get a plane. You know, and it's like, whoa. So, and then your, the culture plays a great role. Exposure. Because on one side, you have those who say, well, oh, you from Africa, like, man, you guys are poor, you broke, you don't have anything. You're probably looking for me to give you a handout. And you're coming like completely different from that narrative. Now, there are people that are suffering and like all countries, you know, they have that as well. But you are from the other part of the culture, you know? And again, it's like, okay, we need to make these moves. We got to do X, Y, Z. I'm not going to say it unless I'm going to do it. This is my word, my character. You saw your dad, you know, throughout one of the things that hit me so much in that book. And I told you, you know, because it's like every time, Hey dad, why are we doing this? Hey dad, why are we doing that? Hey dad, why are we doing that? And he's answering it and you're seeing him do it. You're like teaching you. We only see those type of things in, in Kung Fu flicks, you know, in old ancient Roman empire, like entertainment. We really don't see that type of stuff. You know, like you really had this whole thing, like the, the the closest we've seen this now is like in, in the Black Panther movie. You know, we just are not exposed to that, right? And of course, you can never know that your father was going to be gone. But what was it, 45, you said? Yeah, it was 45. It, it was an age I'm down. Yes. Yeah, the 45, which is very powerful. And, but, and like I told you, listening to that book, I mean, we've talked already before, but the book really brought me in 
And like I said, your dad did in the, because I think you said you were 17. Was it the, I was 18 when, when he passed. 18 when he passed. In 18 years of your life, your dad poured in, in those 18 years, more than some families combined for their entire lifetime. You know? So, you like how Masbro always says the, um, well, he's, he's passed, but his word is still here. Miles Moreau was saying the most wealthiest place is the cemetery, you know, so many uh, visions and dreams and gifts and callings inside the ground, but he maximized his time while he was here, you know? And so for you to come with that to an American person and over here, a lot of the women are more independent because the, the, the fathers are absent for whatever reason, whether They've, they've passed, they've been incarcerated, they just abandoned, you know what I mean? So it's, it's unfortunately, it's too common. So it's almost like a unicorn when you meet someone, you know? And they're like, oh yeah, my dad's here all the time. You know, like, like my daughter's a unicorn, you know? And um, so, and, and I want to unpack that because it's very, that's a big clash of two cultures. And what I'm getting to is that of course, it wasn't perfect. Like, oh my gosh! Like, you came by and said, "Hey, you woman, you married me on Tuesday." I'm sure it wasn't like that. No, no. How? What? What would you say was like your biggest obstacle that you guys had to overcome before the light kicked on? That hey, this is the way we need to move together. Whether the two of you came in agreement, you know. Whether she agreed to follow you or you agreed, hey, you know what? You know, I, I think it's supposed to be, or it's the two of you, however the case, the two of you came together. Like, what was the biggest um, hurdle you had to overcome? Two different cultures, two different sets of exposure, you know, um, your straight alpha, you know, you see it, you're going to go, if you see the spirit, it's going to manifest in the physical. She's out there doing it. This is also a person that was pursuing their doctorates. Yeah. Okay. What would you say is the biggest over uh, hurdle you had to overcome? That's it. Okay. Now sky's the limit. I'm, I'm I'm going to unpack first of all what you were saying about my dad. What people need to understand is that my dad didn't grow up with his dad, so he made the decision mm. to broke the curse himself. The first time he saw his dad, he was 12 years old. Wait, 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 back up, back up, back up. You said something powerful. He made the decision to do what? To break, to break the curse of not having a dad in the house. My dad decided to say like, it's not going to be me. Okay. Now you have to explain why would you say that's a curse? Because see now, you know, that's important. That's important that he said, okay, this is a curse. This is this is not a blessing. <laughs> well, this is the break it. Does he ever say to you why he considered a curse or do you just automatically know? No, no, no. It it doesn't straight up. I, I will give I will give you some some um you know some example right now. Like my grandfather, the, so my name is so you have to understand the name. I believe I explained that in the beginning of the book. My first name is not Darcy. My first name is Akenenge. Akenenge is the name of my grandfather, or my, is my dad's father. So the way I introduce myself is my name is Akenenge, 
sound of Ogomega. Darcy is because like they force African parents back in Europe to give them a mother name. Besides, uh, my name is already complete. I can't even go Ogomega. That's my name. But they have to add two other names. Wow. So at Kenenge, Darcy, Frank, Ogandaga. Darcy is my mom who chose that because she was an English teacher. Frank is the short for Francois. Was my dad's name was Louis Francois Ogandaga. So my older brother, his name is Louis Eurique Ogandaga. Renongo, he got the name of my mom, dad. So when you introduce yourself, is the way of the way of African, the way we trace our DNA test. So when I go and I present myself to somebody from Gabon and my tribe, as soon as I present myself, they know exactly where I'm coming from. So it's funny, I, I just slapped the microphone, man. You say some stuff like you're, you're, you're going somewhere. I was like, man, what are we talking about? <laughs> you know, so, wow. So, so my name is a GPS. When I say I can't go to somebody my mom's age, she said, which one? I say I can't go Dakar because my grandfather was a very well-known businessman too in Broadway Farm. So when I say I can't go Dakar, they know he's my grandfather. They say, oh, you're the son of Ogo. With Ogo, Ogo is a man who defeats. That's a definition of who my dad is. Because Ogondaga is not Johnson. With the law of Ogondaga that you see online, they're not necessarily my parents. But to differentiate people, when they say, oh, no, is a short for Ogondaga, who means my dad himself. So Ogo was him. Ogondaga, that's his last name from his mother's side, who gave my dad. His first name, Ogondaga, from her grandfather, his name was Ogondaga Ibutu. Ogondaga Ibutu was a half Gabonese Portuguese man, one of the richest men in Gabon, back in the late 1800s. So my daughter's name, Butu Suri, is known after that name, Butu, was also the name of my a grandmother on my dad's side, that name is also, he gave that name to my sister, that we call Butu Sherry. My daughter is Butu Suri. Suri is the name of Daniel's grandmother, was one of the strongest women in North Carolina. So when she, my daughter presents herself, she got two powerful names and tell her heritage. So when somebody, she go to Gabon now, she said, my name is Mutusuri. They say, oh, you are the American daughter of Elbow's son. Because the Mutusuri let them know I'm Gabonese and I'm from North Carolina. Suri, that's from Daniza's family. Butu is from my family. So when she announced herself, Butu is a real man. With, with a lot of history in Gabon. Suri is a name of her grandmother. So she got the name of her birth grandmother 
and Akora also after my baby sister, whose name is B2 Sherry. So you have to be strategic when it comes to the blessing of your kids ever mm. really to the way you love them. So I'm, I'm thinking, um, and I think you did a bit of programming, right? So, so this, this sounds like naming convention DNA. And when, in, in the, uh, we're going to talk tech for a bit. You have a tech background. Yeah. I have one. So like in, in programming and um, they have like a class system. So it's like what you're saying is like, so when, when you're programming, when, when you write your code, there's certain keywords you put in to let the system know, okay, this is attached to this class, to this group, to over here. So you can always trace it back. So when it doesn't give you the result that it was, it was intended for, okay, you know something's wrong and you can trace easily back to where here's the problem, we need to correct it. So you guys have set up something so that no matter what, you're not lost. You know, um, in the Caribbean, we, like I said, I, me born in the States, but if I go to, when I go to Jamaica, right? We just know looking at your face, we can tell, you know, where you most likely connected to where you're from, you know? Um, my mom, she tells a story when she was in America, you know, her, her dad, her biological dad, you know, um, wealthy guy, whatever. And it, it was so wealthy that she was in New York. And somebody stopped and said, wait, why are you here dressed like a commoner? <laughs> you know, like, what, what, why are you carrying your whole thing? What was going on here or whatever? And um, because the facial features, like, they can trace it all the way back mm. to Jamaica, you know? And then I believe he originally was, he originally was from Cuba. Mm. You know, that was a specific look. Now, of course, like you said before about relationship, you know what I mean? He had status, he had wealth and everything, but you know, that's a whole nother, it's a long story, short book, but basically, um, they're like, look, you can't, you can take care of me, but unless you're going to publicly claim me, you know, <laughs> mm. as yours and not to, you know, dampen your, your image, whatever, then I don't want you. I don't need you, you know, and my, my, uh, my grandfather, who I know. I think he technically should be my grand uncle. That's a whole other deep thing. But I w I've always known him as dad. Even though when I say dad, that's my grandfather. Mm -hmm. And that's not the story. But just want you to share that part there. That's all. I'm like, this is a whole master class because it all ties in. Yes. You know, because you did start off saying, okay, you know, you don't marry status, you marry character, but the same token character something that clearly was passed down to you from your dad yes you know and i remember when uh tamar was a few months old and she was like in the little bouncy thing or whatever yeah and you would strategically only speak to her in french at certain times yeah you know strategically you you didn't have on the, the, the television yeah you didn't want someone else telling their vision to your daughter you had a vision already and yeah. You know, in the book, there's quite a bit you left out of the book, right? And I know it had to be a struggle because there was so much you put in the book. Yeah. Okay. Like, 
I can honestly say this book right here, you can take it. This book itself is a course. Like, even if anything, like, look, I can take it and, you know, I can motivate myself to, to start this business. I couldn't start whatever, you know, to, to get up. Even, uh, you know, I had, I had my, I always tell the story about, you know, you gave me the soundboard or whatever. I was doing IT stuff. I was great at it, but I wasn't happy. He used to say, man, geeks, why you don't this? Why don't that? And I was too embarrassed because I felt guilty because I had something I was really talented that I had a, I had a gift for, but I just wasn't happy. You know, I just mm -hmm. came back. I literally came off the road, like right before we connected and, you know, we talked, I almost couldn't make it or whatever. Um, we went to, went to go see our daughter, you know, and dropped some things off to her and then. I went to uh, connect with a couple of other friends and I was with one friend and, you know, we, we went out to eat or whatever. And they said, yeah, I'm going to go back and just play some music. And I said, is that open invite? You know? And next, you know, we had a whole uh, house party. I always travel. I have a travel board I carry instead of turntables. You know, I, I have a travel setup. I, actually, um, the original board you gave me, that small one, well, I had to travel kit. Wow. So I, I carry that separate with microphones and everything in case I'm going to, you know, um, and it's a way to force myself mm. learning from you and your tenacity and your grinding to always be prepared, always be ready and start somewhere, you mm. know, start somewhere, you know, to, to go from, you know, and do it, you know, cutting grass, you know, and being out, like you're doing something you hate doing. Yeah. I know that feeling, I know that feeling because the one thing I said, I said I would do anything except sell drugs. And I might even kind of ponder it for a moment if I don't have to do fast food. I hate fast food, a passion. And I remember I had to end up, I went from, interacting with, with mayors, you know, and, and having, you know, lunch with, with, you know, high officials in the city to working at Domino's pizza, you know, and I, I, I was wearing some nice suits and everything looking like how they look on TV. You know, sometimes the news cameras be out there, whatever. And now I'm wearing these tight high water pants, but that's all I can afford. Like, and I remember wobbling that board, you know, outside for people to come in and I'm wobbling a real like that and I'm praising God and I'm crying out my cause I'm the face crying behind that board because I'm like and I used to always volunteer because they had to draw straws. Nobody wanted to do it. But I always wanted to do it because it's we had to stand in the middle of traffic. You know? So no one couldn't hear me, but I had to let it out. You know what I mean? Mm. And but I was born here. Mm. I have a I, have, I you know I have an English accent. I speak, I'm fluent in English. You know, but that's that's my language. For you to come from where you came from, what you're exposed to, and to be working, and I think I, I saw a picture of you washing dishes at one point, you know. And then, like you said, in the book, you shared some hardships during that time. What? 
kept you like what was going through your mind because now were you were you thinking like an immigrant at that point standpoint or you know were you just like this is not right i should be doing better and and complaining to god like really honestly where were you okay so uh, let me finish the answer the first question you ask and then i will come to that also if you ask like how was it with danina Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, say sorry. No, no, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Because I, I meant to remain just to like so to come back to my dad. So my dad yeah. said, "Okay, I'm not gonna be that one where my kids don't see me." My dad was coming home every day um, at you know about six forty-five, seven p.m. So regardless of what we're doing Monday to Friday, we have to eat at the table with him. We eat twice a day at the table with him. So back home, at two, at noon, uh, 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 at 1 p.m., everybody come home and eat together, and then the parents going back to work. We used to do that in Europe and Spain and stuff like that, in Gabon for a long time. So you're walking, and you stop, you go home, you have, there's a break about tw from 12 to 3, or 12 to 2.30, everything stops, everybody come home. So we're coming home from school and everything, we're home. We eat together. Now he asks, how was school? What's going on? What's going on with you? Look at your face and see what's going on and stuff. He was checking on that every day. After that, he go take his nap, then go back to work. He come back at seven, regardless of what we do with our friends. At seven o'clock, we have to beat him home. We have to be home before he comes. And we eat again. And when it finished at 7 45, 8 p.m., when we're a teenager, you can go back out and talk to your friends. But at 7 p.m., you eat at the table. So, because he didn't have that with his dad, he want to make sure that we eat as a family and to know what's going on. Now, to come back now to Danida. Danida, she has a lot of uh, value. And she has a lot of similarity with my mom. That's why her and my mom, they get along very well. So that's a blessing. Right. And so the good, you know, the advantage that I have too, my mom, she's an English teacher. So she's been teaching, she's she been speaking English since the late 60s. So even if I'm from a French descent, think that it'd be very hard if Danilda will not be able to speak with my mom. My mom speaks English. She's an English teacher for university. So as my mom being a, 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 a teacher from university and Danila been teaching at university, they became instant, very good friends. Right. Very good relationship, daughter, daughter, mother. So it was not as hard as it seems from afar. It was more about, you know, a young couple getting married. But when it comes to the value and everything else, the culture was not so different because, like, I'm not from that traditional African culture that mm. wife don't need to walk, uh, the husband is a boss. My dad was not like that. So I met like that. So it was really like, hey, you know, you, I mean, like my mom, she, she got degrees too. Mm -hmm. So my mom in Africa was going to work as well. Right. So it was not like, but it doesn't have to, to, to become another person because she married an African who had her to cook three times a day and stay home and keep the kids while her husband is outside doing what he's doing. 
Right. So it was never my mentality. So when we start talking, it was not, it was not that hard between me and her. It was more about the weight of a calling was heavy on both of us. It was not really too much about me trying to bring Danita along. It was more about that weight of what we have to do for the world is so heavy. How we can, you know, support that weight together. It was really what it was. So it was not really so hard for me. You know, I didn't have to do a lot of convincing. By the way, when we, when we start getting, you know, uh, going with each other, I told her, hey, I cannot make you move from Pittsburgh to Atlanta. Mm. You know, we actually, we, we decided that at the beginning that, oh, maybe we will uh, just, you know, see each other once a weekend or something like that until we feel off. Because my way was never to force her to leave whatever she was doing to follow me. It was never like that. So like, hey, make sure that when you you have the revelation that you think that how you can help, but it was not my right to tell her because she married me, hey, this is what we're doing. So never been like that. It was more like, okay, now when we decide to do what we're doing together, it was the weight of it because like, it was nobody wedding was doing what we are doing. So who are we going to ask? Like, you know, we, we have to find another couple with somebody who's from another nation and we decide to go change the world. So it was not really like somebody that I can see was exactly in the same condition to have a blueprint. So we have to download the blueprint from the already goes, both of us. And it was more like the adjustment of a download and the execution of it that you sell some of it, but it was never really um, kind of me tried to drag the middle along. It was more like Belinda and I tried to drive that that global mission together, trying to figure out in in our, in our early twenties to do that together. It was more that, but uh, it was good. Now to come back to your second question, what was it? Now the second question that you just asked me. That you have you have been so caught up in our <laughs> that last one. It'll it'll come to me. That's that's no, no, freestyle. Um, no, 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 I mean it's good. It's good. I remember what, but yes. you you ask somebody will come can ask me. Yes, some people when someone will come can can um help us with the second question. The um it'll come to me. It'll come to me because um because what, what happens a lot of times during this time frame, like I'll have a question in my head and you'll answer it, but it's like. I just say the onion, there's so many layers to it. Some questions are hard to answer. And and I never like to be that person saying, oh, let me cut you off and I want to jump in and say, man, just let them talk. Because there's 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 so many levels to it that you'll say something, but it's like, okay, but there's a story within that to kind of express how did we get to this standpoint, you know? And um, and likewise with the book, like I said, that I'm pretty good at this stuff. The question will come back to me. But um with how you you had uh structured the book and it, it even though yourself said it like you, you had the chapters of the book and i think when there were a couple of times too you said man okay i'm kind of coming up well, I'll keep going with yeah <laughs> because you're kind of realizing that okay i had this plan but i can't mention this without mentioning that yes exactly and 
So, and I, I kind of felt like, this is made from listening to it. I felt like you had intentions to put the book out, but it was kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to put it out. I'm just going to let it flow. And, and I really feel like there's people who do like a revised edition. And it's kind of like, there was really no need to do a revised edition. It's pretty much the same. But for yours, I really see it being like a revised edition multiple times. Because as you go, it's like, oh, man. I forgot about this. I forgot about yeah. that. You know, yes. it's, it's, um, because I'm trying to dance around it. I don't want to give away too much of it because honestly it will rob people. If we mentioned particular details, because it's your voice. Real quick. Yeah. I'm still on task. I'm getting excited and a little emotional telling the stuff, but like, yeah. I, realize I haven't said nothing. I didn't even talk about the book. You see, I'm I'm giving some story. Right. I don't want to talk about the book. Because I, I I feel yeah, it's it's um and, and it's a strategy because you know you you're having conversations and, and people are seeing this line because it's um you know, I, I have I know other people that you know they kinda go and they, they do this and, and I had a good friend of mine that and I had to explain to them that don't think you're just kind of showing up to the studio you do whatever you know um you know they're, they're on air on you know broadcast there and they they also do it on the internet you know and yeah. um but it's in it's imperative to know what you're talking about have some has some kind of understanding of what you're speaking about right and in this case this is not an issue like first of all i wouldn't be doing this interview Honestly, for me, if I had to do some extra study, you know, because I want to be as real as possible. Yes. There, and part of the art to it is not giving out so much information. In this case, really, I could give out so much and there's a lot more that people don't know about, you know? Um, a big issue with your stuff is that you can have so much impact just from the nuggets you share that someone who isn't secure with themselves will feel like, oh, I made it. I don't have to do anything else. And that's not that, you know? Um, you know, there's a, I, I, I you know, I, that part where you got emotional in, in the book itself, it kind of broke me. I said, man, it took me there, you know? And it's one of those things that unless you've been through something like that, you can't even begin to imagine. You know, um, you really can't begin to imagine. You know, I want I want to touch on the. I think you kind of answered the question when I I was listening to you, you. You went into the the club and you're like, okay, I could do this. You know, you start DJing or whatever. You know, and I'm now on. You know, I started to more understand even with this interview here. What made you have the audacity to think that you, at, as a teenager, could just go in the club and just start DJing, you know? And what amazed me is when you were saying how, like, you studied the labels. Yes. You know? So is this also attributed to your dad where, like, everything you touch, like, 
You can't even go to to buy a sandwich without thinking like, okay, all right, what did they put inside there? You know, <laughs> you know, do they ship it in? Is it farmed out? Like you just think, like I said in the beginning, just crazy. This is crazy. Like, are you just always on? Is that who you are? Like, yeah, I mean, yes. It's um, that's the real news. And and, and my, my my son, and and I have to tell about my son. My son is like um, I used to, I used to drive with my dad and you know family going somewhere, and I used to count how many um, street lights. I used to count them. I was just counting them. And now when we're driving with my son and we're going uh, out of out of state, he counts the exit. The exit to the world. And at his age? Yeah, his age. When he was five. Exit to, he knows exactly that when we go to his aunt in North Carolina, he knows the exit. When we go to his uncle in Jacksonville, Florida, he said, let's go to Uncle Uncle Yurik House, exit 16 on 675. Let's go to Auntie Cora, exit 60, he knows the exit, not the exit of the house. So I was always counting stuff. I was always counting stuff, and now I realized by looking at, at my um, at my son. But what happened was, is that my dad, I knew that if I told my dad that, hey, I'm a DJ, he's going to ask me, why are you a DJ? So I have to be ready to answer the question. So, okay, you're going to be a DJ to do what? So that's, so I remember the back then, the minimum salary was about 200,000 francs to to make it, you know, it was about $400, okay? About $400 when I do the change, $400, you know, and I said, okay. So I used to ask my dad, how much cost a car, how much cost, you know, to live, you know, decently and stuff like that. So. I need to live decently without a kid. You need to make at least a million over there. So it's about $2,000, okay, a month. So when I realized that, and, you know, I look at a, a club and I start asking questions, you know, I'm 14. But when I start DJing, I'm 14. So I said, you know what, how much, you know, you know, how much money now the club make? You know, I was trying to, you know, in my head. So it was about like, they used to make like about 10 million a, a day. So 10 million is about like about 20 Gs, 20,000 a night, you no know, good night or 20, 30,000. I said, okay, that's all money. So at that moment, I said that, so if you make $30,000, if people like me, man, I'm not just gonna go to, to DJ for food because I'm 14. I'm gonna figure out a way to make money like that. So then I realized that I said like, so if, and I feel like that at 14, I feel in my head, so okay, wait a minute, so what about if I do home parties, house parties, but I don't have a DJ equipment. So what I did, I said, you know what, I'm going to start charging and tell the parent myself that, listen, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> People need to hear who I am, right? So I'm going to the club. Now, what point I'm a DJ, I don't have time to, to the details I become a DJ. So while I'm a DJ, in my, with me, I have a tape here, praise God, just this type of tape. And, you know, mm. the tape is, you know, a blank tape. And when I go to the booth, I said, like, hey, man, let me just do a set. 
It's a healthy thing. Let me do a set. So when I go, I don't just DJ for people. I DJ for marketing. So I put a tape on in the club. <laughs> and I record myself at 14 years old. And I give my parents phone number. I remember to this day, 737387. DJ Darcy B, if you have any parties, any, so you understand, like, they let me DJ for free as a favor. The DJ will be 30 years old. He let me, so I, I advertise on a microphone while I'm DJing, whatever time they give me. So when I'm leaving, I go now to a friend of mine. I see my friend today, DJ John Best Living Montreal today. And then I record, I make 20 or 30 tapes, the same music on two sides. And I go to the bus cab driver of the city and I make them listen to the tape. And they're loving it. And they want me to keep the tape. I said, no, it's $10. So not only I don't pay the cab, but the cab paid me to play my tape with my phone number in it. So it was my marketing strategy back then. I said, like, so if I can get $400 twice, Friday night and Saturday night, and party in the city, the radio, the, the, the cab driver going to put, you know, you know, do the advertisement for me. And so I'm going to ask the parent to pay me in advance. I don't have a car. I don't have a DJ equipment. So I rent a car with a driver to go pick up the equipment from one of my friends. They pay me 100000 I pay 10000 for a few hours. 30000 to my friends. And I keep 60000 I was doing that at 14 years old. So today, when I'm on the internet, and I try to sell something, like make a business transaction, do you think I'm scared? So, <laughs> so, like... I'm I'm, pict I'm picturing like a, you know you did a video one time and and um, I think uh, we're talking and I, and I said Darcy this is out of this world like you you were doing a tour um, on these countries or whatever and you're like yeah I'm gonna drive it wait for you I'm like you get like a Benz truck or something I'm like you doing it like that and even this here because I I didn't hear our partner book about the uh, the driver. You don't have any driver, or whatever. But if you're doing, if you're if you're hiring drivers at age age fourteen, you know overseas, it's nothing for you to do that now. Especially, I mean, it makes sense. Number one, you're there with your family. You know, you're really doing it out there. You know, um, there's there there's so much more. Um, so much more to go like i said and, and with this book like i said I, I really feel like i believe i know in my heart it's gonna be a revision of it you know and there's a strategy to it what you know because because we definitely gotta we definitely have to bring this to a, a close you know we yeah so continue on what would you say so people are listening Okay, hey, we're we're tuning in, ready to view. There's a lot of depth to you, whatever. Um, 
you announce you want to see people win in life, but you're looking at tax seasons coming up in a few months. Everybody has hopes and dreams, you know? And, oh yeah, I'm going to do this and everybody's going to take over the world. Every year, they're going to take over the world. They're going to start business. Coincidentally, all these advertisements are going to hit their social media, you know, just for, for $9.99. You can go in and you can get this service and you, you know, you can become a business mogul, you know, you can take over the world and six figures or whatever. This book, you already shared before. You started at five. You started at 10. You know, with the 20. This book, while it wasn't intended to be a workshop, masterclass, whatever, you were just telling your story. You were just being genuine. What would you say to that person that's listening right now that you would want them, if they, if they get anything else from this book, no matter where they're from, what would you want them to get? I'm getting this book. Like, instead of I'm going to get this book and I, I pray to God you get this message from it. What would that be? Okay, first of all, you know, I, I haven't started doing advertising since we, we started. So make sure that you click the link wherever you see that videos, you know, that video. And it's going to be on a podcast platform. So, you know, the link is myfirstandlastname.com, darcyogondaga.com slash mybook. D-A-R-C-Y-O-G-A-N, D-A-G-A dot com slash my book. Okay. So you can have instant download. The book is not on Amazon on purpose because I want people to go to my website and I can know who you are. So you can download the book everywhere. Uh, the book is available in French and English. But this interview is in English. So we talk about the English version. If you speak French, you can have a French version as well. Just contact us. So what I want people to understand is that God created you with something special. And the God intention when he creates us is to impact one person. Everybody is not called to impact millions. But there's something that God put in you that somebody in the world need to transform their lives. And when you change your life, the life of one person, sometimes you can impact a nation. So I don't want you to think that, oh, but who's going to listen to me? Do my story is very powerful? Do, my, do people really need my gift? I want you to think about that. Yes, somebody really need you. Somebody really need you because when God created you, he creates somebody who need you. And uh, in life, um, you will encounter problems, situations. But if you're still living, don't give up. Don't give up. Still thanking God. Uh, ask God. Uh, I talk about Jesus Christ. I don't just talk about any God. Uh, ask Jesus Christ to help you go through it. He's a living God. He will speak to you. He will speak to you in your heart. And he will let you know what you need to do to overcome your present situation. You have to know that God is real. Do your best according to your ability. 
keep pushing and do not neglect that phone. Social media is a new TV. Social media, internet, there's somebody out there who needs you. And don't think that, oh, but who's going to buy my stuff? Who's going to, no matter what God put in you, maybe you're cooking cakes, maybe you're singing, maybe you know you like to draw, maybe you're author, whatever that you have, do it with a passion. But the, um, the warning is that it's not going to be overnight. Be willing to do it for three years with no money. Every day, three years of no money. If you're not willing to do it for three years with no money, it means that you are not qualified. Hmm. No, you disqualify yourself, not because yeah. everybody is qualified. Right. If you cannot do it for three years without expecting no money, and you do it for three years, you have to understand that the reward is not how much money you're making for what you do, is how many life you truly transform. Oh. If you can transform the life of somebody uh -huh. and that person was in a dark place and now they're in a light because they, because you serve them, because you use the, your God-given gift and their life became better and you have a vessel that God used, God always paid more than humans. So I cannot tell you how much we gave you but mm. at some point, we give you one more that whatever strategy you think you can make money. The reason why I call my company Trillionaire Media is that I want people, if they can grasp, that are crazy, <laughs> I think. Mm. To say that I want, I want somebody to have a courage to ask me. I want somebody to, be, to have a courage to ask me, why in the world you call yourself a trillionaire? Why you don't call yourself a millionaire, a billionaire? Why well, you call yourself a trillionaire? Because I trust God to give me some it's okay, that's a good way to start. So when I call myself trillionaire media is not where I will end the company, is yeah. where I want to start. I want to start at the trillion. I don't want to I, I don't want to finish at the trillion. The training is not the destination. The vision is to start as a trillion. Now, the reason is a trillion is a number 12. Because when you get a million dollars and you put a little square in it, it becomes a trillion. And it's just a representation of when God, when a man put a little square in him, it becomes a God man. So it's not just about the money. It's about the concept to think at God's speed. It's about God's speed. It's about thinking faster than the sound, thinking faster than the speed of light. Is you have to think and see the manifestation in your life at God's speed. It's the speed of God. Is that from here to the space is like in God's speed is instant. Spirituality is, is invisible not because it doesn't exist. The spiritual world goes faster than the speed of light. So right now there's angel listening to us, but there's also demon who try to attack you. You cannot see what's going on, not because it doesn't exist, because it's going too fast. So for you to start understanding your vision, 
for you to start understanding what God wants you to do, you have to think God's speed. So you have to put a million square so that you have to think like a trillionaire. Why? Because we talk about million and billion. When you talk about trillions, you talk about nations. We talk about space. We talk about realms. We talk about speech. We talk about another level. So trillionaire media is not just about the trillion dollars. It's about the trillion thinking. It's about God's speed. Think about above. Think about like God. Think about you belong to God. Think about you can think like God. What the Bible is talking about, that a thousand years going to become like one day and one day is going to become a thousand years is the acceleration of the innovation of God's speed to make happen faster what you never had. Maybe you've been looking for something for 10 years and it never happened to you. God can give it to you in one day, but you have to have God's speed. And that's how I want to finish this interview. God's speed. Trillion <laughs> is not about the money. It's about thinking like God, being in God's system, being in God's kingdom, world speed, trillionaire. Think like a trillionaire is thinking like God. That's what I want to hand up. Thank you so much, Bill Gates. Always a pleasure. Uh -huh. Order the book, darcyogondaga.com forward slash my book. God bless you guys. Last.